0: Welcome to the giallo of the month club this is diana on this second episode we travel to 1971 as we discuss Aldo lotto's short night of glass dolls this italian giallo film includes themes of death disappearances and orgies this is a tale told by the perspective of a dead man i heard this movie was a bit unconventional compared to other italian giallo films so i figured why not jump right in and try something different I also have not seen any films from this director, so that's always fun for me. Joining me for the second time on the podcast is Wade Brown. Hello. Thank you so much for being here again. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> this film was a first watch for both of us.
1: Yes, uh, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be as like super like Chill. soothing as your intro there. Usually on the podcast I do, it's always like,
0: hi! It's a bit abrasive. I don't really think that's my personality, so. No.
1: It's class A. (laughs) It's It's a class A.
0: classy. Classy podcast. But I did want to give a quick synopsis of the film. The corpse of reporter Gregory Moore is found and brought to the local morgue. But Gregory is actually alive, trapped inside his dead body, and desperately recalling how the mysterious disappearance of his beautiful girlfriend, Mira, led to a terrifying conspiracy. Can a reporter with no visible signs of life solve this perverse puzzle before he meets his ultimate deadline? Dun dun dun!
1: That's a nice little ending there with deadline because he's a reporter,
0: and he's dead. Yes, that's a pun.
1: That's yes, it's it's a double pun actually. <laughs> it's a double doubler. It's a- so Two for dead. one.
0: So <laughs> I looked on IMDb to get the cast listing. And I love that the tagline on IMDb just completely ignores the fact that he's dead on the tagline as an American journalist in Prague searches for his girlfriend who has suddenly disappeared. Nothing like the guy's dead I the prefer, entire time. I
1: actually prefer that. Because really? someone that walked into this movie not knowing anything about it, did no research, did, did nothing. And to know that's the twist that in the beginning that he is dead and it's, it's a kind of like a flashback. It's kind of a mystery of what happened, what happened. And it's like... I was not expecting that. And it was a, it was a pleasant surprise. See, I
0: think that's more of the more interesting parts of this film. That's that what it's I'm saying, different. Like, like That's say, what caught my eye I was say, me thinking, how are they going to do this from this dead man's perspective? Oh, no, I'm saying, like,
1: it was a nice surprise. So someone... Yeah. If, if, that's in the, if that's like a synopsis... I don't like synopsis and plots that are just like... They reveal way too much about mm-hmm. the plot. Like, certain trailers now, like, the past five years, trailers are always spoiling everything. It's nice to see, like, the synopsis just not give away even though it's in the beginning, it doesn't give away its big selling point. It just lets the mystery sell the audience. Yeah. It's it's a a nice little cherry
0: on top. You did audibly gasp when he started talking when he was in the morgue. He I'll didn't, see. in his head, he, it was an in inner monologue. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what is going on? That was fun. Yeah, yeah that was a good reaction. Yeah. I love that. The film is actually part of a subgenre of thriller fiction called conspiracy fiction. All that means is that the protagonists of the conspiracy thriller are often journalists or investigators who find themselves pulling on a thread and getting themselves into deep and then you kind of see the journey as it unravels yeah. it's a departure it's
1: a departure from tenebrae oh yeah song. it's a very dis- different genre different ideals different everything so that's, that's a good pick
0: it's definitely like more grounded and it does something really original it's suspenseful dramatic not as stylish as other jalo films that we've seen being new to this entire subgenre, I'm a little fuzzy on the rules of what why certain movies are considered JALO and certain ones aren't. But this one was on many top lists.
1: It's more like the JALO genre is like a mystery. It's a mystery, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. It's just it's just mystery mixed with horror. So
0: right. Well, this movie tense. is like really different from Tenebrae. There really weren't any on-screen murders.
1: There's like zero, right? What is the murder rate?
0: Three dead bodies. Gregory's dead body. Yes. The girl that they find at the river. Yes. And then Mira. Oh, no. There's, an, there's a fourth
1: one. There's his partner in the trash can.
0: Do they show hi- They do show yeah, him. Yeah, they show him. Yeah. Okay. So there's four. They show Mira twice. They show her once in the room with the flowers and then they show her again in the refrigerator.
1: Oh, hold on. They do show a death on screen at the end.
0: Gregory. Yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. I just said his name first because he's the main I, character. I know, but
1: that, that, yeah. that technically is an on-screen death. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's not like a brutal slasher murder with oh, an no. arm chopped off and blood no, all over the wall. <laughs> no, he could still be alive. No, that's screen. Oh, also, there's spoilers. There's going to be spoilers. This film yeah. is from 1971. So it was directed by a man named Aldo Lado. Great name. I have to say his name slow.
1: You're, you're going to say Aldi's. It's,
0: same letters in both the first and last name, and that one all, that always is a tongue twister for me. He has wrote about 20 other films in different genres. He did direct a movie called Who Saw Her Die, which I had recently been recommended. So I think in a few months I might actually watch that one as well. And
1: he's still alive.
0: He's still alive. 20 films, that's massive filmography. Yes.
1: He's been making movies since 1968 to present.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The title of the film. I did find this little tidbit of information, which I thought was really interesting. When we were picking this movie, it was between this one, Short Night of Glass Dolls, and then a movie called The Bloodstained Butterfly.
1: Never seen either one.
0: Me either. So we ended up (laughs) picking this one. Reviews that I was reading with The Bloodstained Butterfly, they were saying that it's... Not at all like a Jalo film. It's very much like an episode of SVU,
1: which is my jam.
0: It is your jam, but I figured we'd say that for a special like SVU anniversary or something.
1: They are hitting
0: twenty. Years? Yeah, maybe when they had a big anniversary, then we'll just watch the Bloodstained Butterfly. Dun 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 dun. Well, I found out both of these films had a release date right around the same time. And originally, Short Night of Glass Dolls was titled Short Night of the Butterfly. So, Aldo and his team decided that they should switch the name because they didn't think that two Butterfly Jolo films should come out in the same time. So, they switched the name from Short Night of the Butterfly to Short Night of Glass Dolls.
1: Conspiracy.
0: And it's just weird. Now that's a I, we conspiracy. Were going to watch, we had to pick between the two of them. Yes. And I just it's, what a strange coincidence. After watching this film, I, I see why they had that title. So much butterfly imagery. There was the framed butterfly that Mira gives to Gregory as a gift. When the old man was dying, he said they don't fly. Um, there were butterflies in the house during the concert. Butterflies are known for cocoons. and Wasoming. Um Gregory is cocoons in his body.
1: Ooh, yeah he's cocooned in his
0: dead body It's pretty good well not dead yet paralyzed body and you know eventually he withers with his death i really think that was a good title for this but i see why they switched it i mean it doesn't directly correlate but it is a metaphor for the young people they're kind of fragile their lives don't really mean anything to these old people the old elite they're expendable Fragile, they can get broken easily.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of uh glass imagery as well as butterflies. Like the chandelier he looks at, little yeah. things like that.
0: Yeah, there's a chandelier and then as far as doll imagery, when they first pretty much in the first act mira and gregory go to the party and there's that girl that's in a trance and they're just like messing with her like she's a doll like a something. oh statue. yeah that was a
1: weird weird that scene. was really weird yeah with his partner his partner yeah
0: that was really strange they're dolls they're playing the elite is playing with her like a doll yeah, yeah. so as far as the cast and the gregory moore part who's the lead character we have an actor his name's Jean Sorel. he's actually a french character actor And then in the mirror part, we have Barbara Bach, who apparently is in a lot of films. I don't recognize her, but I'm really excited to see more stuff that she's been
1: in. the guy, Gregory, uh, he's French, but he's playing American.
0: Yeah. He's
1: like from Milwaukee or something like that. I forget, but he's from like Milwaukee, which is like. So you have a French actor in an Italian film playing someone from Milwaukee. Yeah, playing an American.
0: (laughs) I know. And then you have some of the supporting casts: Jessica, Professor Carding, who, spoiler alert, he's a bad guy. He is. There's someone who, his name is just Doctor. Oh. It's Daniel Dublino.
1: Oh, Dublino?
0: Doctor Dublino.
1: Doctor Dublino. (laughs) Paging Doctor Dublino.
0: Yeah, so the entire mystery kind of revolves around Gregory looking for Mira. She goes missing. He's very much head over heels with her. But he also ends up sleeping with the Jessica character, which is really sudden and weird to me.
1: Yeah, and then he's like, I could go find Mira. And you're like, dude, you kind of moved on. Yeah. But yeah. this woman that actually cares about you.
0: Yeah, and throughout all of the movie, even from the very beginning, there's a bunch of flashback scenes as he's in the morgue. Yeah. Paralyzed. I love those scenes because you just get little glimpses of like just flashes. weird, like weird the, things. Like the
1: one part where they share, like, there's a flash of a guy with a guitar. I'm like, what, what's that? Yeah. And then the guy with the guitar is like, oh. and I start pointing at the screen, like, I know that scene. Of course I do. They showed me the scene.
0: Yeah. But it's like, when I was like, yeah.
1: It. Yeah, I like that too. It's like, those quick flashes. It's a kind of like a, a teaser.
0: Yeah, and you get the satanic sex orgies in there.
1: Gotta have that gotta have old people naked having an orgy that is like
0: cult quintessential 101. cult 101 that is
1: cult essential
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the overall cinematography of this is a little plain it's, it's very, not as flashy it's very
1: grounded very plain yeah but nothing to it lets the story be the big selling point and cinematography is kind of it's solid
0: Yeah, there were some scenes that reminded me of, you know, Wes Anderson. All of his shots are very symmetrical and centered. There were a couple scenes like that.
1: It felt like the cinematographer didn't want to take... I mean, he took chances, but it it didn't feel like he wanted to take a lot of chances. Yeah. That's mostly, like, the director chase. the director's, like, story first.
0: Some of the shots, like, there's one where it's of the chandelier, and there are some other shots, like, of the framed butterfly, where they're really centered and kind of clinical, Kind of how at the end, he's on the table, and it's very clinical. Then you have the doctors, they're going to cut into him. Yes. Um. So it's very strategic. I really liked how that correlated from the beginning. Just the flashbacks, the quick symmetrical flashbacks to the end where everything's like clean and sterile.
1: I like the ambulance POV, POV mm-hmm. where it's like kind of like this fast paced The very beginning. The It reminds me of a Criterion movie that I watched. I was like, Cleo from 5 to 7, I believe, mm-hmm. where he's... They're driving around France and apparently they don't have stop signs or red lights because they're just driving crazily. Like
0: That's a good way to show you location without having yes. to like rent that location. They're just driving through the city and you're like, oh, we're in Prague. We're in the Czech Republic. Yeah. Like, look at this architecture. Look at the streets.
1: Look at this guy with no legs. Let's...
0: <laughs> the, <laughs> the very David Lynch guy with no legs in the park. Oh, that was... And the crowd. That got me. That got me in the beginning. I'm like, Whoa. And then he starts, they starts. staring
1: at the corpse's legs and you're like, did he
0: do that? Is he trying <laughs> to get his
1: legs? What movie did you get me into, Diana?
0: I don't know. I really like the style of this one. You have this one main character. He has nowhere to go. Everyone thinks he's dead and he's just going back through this timeline trying to figure out how did I get here.
1: Yeah. I forget what the reference is like, bet you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> what is that from? <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, that's from like eighties movies. It's not duke's
1: a hazard, is it? How there's Duke Boys and yeah, this one.
0: The film it was made in Croatia and the Czech Republic. Then all of the interior shots were filmed in Italy. It kinda of reminds me of this John Saxon movie, The Girl Who Knew Too Much. Have you seen that one? It's from nineteen
1: sixty three. I have not.
0: So that was filmed in Rome, but it has very similar cinematography where it's very grounded. They kept talking about communism as well, and I could see that. Everything was dark and dreary and very 1970s.
1: Yeah, very 1971.
0: So how about that song that they kept playing over and over again? Oh. I know in our in our Tenebrae uh, episode, we were very thankful that Goblin went outside of the box and didn't keep playing and the, the is, same score.
1: And the thing is, that little piece is very nice. It, it's it's nice. It's not iconic. When you told me, how about that melody that played over and over and over again? I remember it playing over and over again, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> the score is actually by a famous uh, composer, yeah, very famous. Uh, Ennio Morricone. Morricone. I was gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, yeah, I'm a quarter Italian. Morricone. I'm, I'm a quarter Italian, and I'm already gonna yeah. mess it up. I can't. He guarantee did.
0: It. I'm not sure if this is the last one he did, but he did the Hateful Eight score.
1: He's mostly famous for The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, I think that Metallica used them. Yeah, they they use them because The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. So he's done a lot mm. of stuff. He's still alive. He's like 90. Oh my
0: gosh. Oh
1: my lord. Um, Yeah. The
0: score itself didn't really stick out to me besides that one song. I, I guess because this film was a little bit more grounded, it didn't have a crazy score, which was fine. It just, it wasn't distracting or anything.
1: Yeah, it wasn't.
0: So this film had a few themes that were a little bit more obvious. It wasn't how Tenebrae was about reflections, and that was more subtle. With Short Night of Glass Dolls, they were a little bit more literal with secret societies.
1: Old versus the young, the hierarchy of class system.
0: Another theme would be inner monologue, because obviously this is a tale told from the perspective of a dead man. It's from a dead man's inner monologue.
1: Dead man's tale. it's also kind of... Very has a lot of anxiety to it, a lot of claustrophobia, like you're mm-hmm. stuck in his body and you're just like, what's going on? Please no, please no. It's like being paralyzed. It's like sleep paralysis. It's like all that stuff. They're just like, you're, you're just terrified and tear. You can't move a muscle and you're seeing your friends kind of give up. Oh, I don't think the Ivan guy was really his friend, but you see his friends kind of give up on him. Like he's not going to come back to life and you're like, Ivan, come back.
0: At the end, towards the end of the movie, Greg solves the mystery, but it's just a little bit too late. He's paralyzed, the bad guys are with him, but he realizes that a satanic cult, or maybe just a rich cult, I'm not sure. A
1: sex cult, I a don't know. A sex cult
0: is behind it all. Yes. They sacrifice young people at orgies, so we get a bunch of old people but.
1: Old people butt, old people boobs, old people whatever's hanging on their bodies, you know.
0: Yeah. And Um, Gregory figures it out, so they drug him and make him look like he's dead. He can't move. Someone finds him. He's taken to the morgue. This is what happens immediately before the movie starts.
1: bit more than he can chew. He got too deep into it. It's the classic reporter story where, like, you get getting too deep kid. You're getting too deep. You got to stop. And then they don't stop. And then they get into a world of trouble.
0: Yeah. And then the doctors just assume that he must be dead. So they stop trying to revive him. Yes. They decide to perform an autopsy on him in front of all of these medical students. It's like a heart. It's like
1: open heart surgery kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How convenient.
0: Just before the autopsy begins, Gregory gains a little bit of control over his fingers and his hands. Yeah. And he wiggles them, but Carding, who's in on it,
1: Which we didn't, we don't know about that until uh, you look at him, and he's the guy that was doing the 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 uh, the mantra. He was doing the chanting because he had the glasses.
0: Yes. Yeah. Like, there's a yeah. There's a flashback to that when it's the orgy scene. Yeah,
1: they don't really reveal until like near the end. They're like, oh no,
0: no, no, no. So Carding, he holds down Gregory's hand so that no one else sees it. And, and then they perform the autopsy on him in front of all of the in front of yeah Jessica his friend slash lover that one time.
1: Also, it's like why is she there? Like she's just gonna watch someone get cut. Right, but I like, wouldn't want to see. It was that. a weird thing where she character-wise, I don't understand why she would go there, and then she starts screaming like, yeah. "Take her out of there!" And well, then you have the weird—they
0: pan, pan away from Gregory. You don't know what's happening. He could have opened his eyes up the second they cut into him. Oh would, or something. It would have be been
1: great if like he turned his head right, right. when it was happening. Right. And yeah. she
0: I mean that reaction that she had, an insane blood curdling scream. She
1: has no cavities. <laughs> She's like, ah Um and also don't forget about the um the Secret Society were watching him while he was like on yeah. the table. Like, yeah, the, the, the cult the, the, members the and guy. as well as guy. just
0: the people that were there just I believe it was medical students just to see yeah. what was happening. They were innocent.
1: They were trying to learn.
0: It's sad. I mean, you kind of root for someone like that throughout the movie because he never was like a shitty person. He was trying to do good and trying to figure out what happened to his girlfriend. Yeah. The entire time that he was paralyzed and he wasn't able to move and they thought he was dead, he was just thinking about Mira.
1: Mira, which is uh Glass. Sounds like a mirror. Exactly. It's a mirror.
0: The Mira, yeah, it's like a Baltimore accent, Mira.
1: yeah. Mira,
0: yeah. So I thought that was really neat with the secret society aspect. I kind of wasn't expecting that. As far as secret societies, it's just a group of people that sacrifice someone for, in their eyes, the greater good of the group. Yeah, and... I, I
1: had a question for that why? Is it just a sacrifice just to get rid of the trash? Or are they doing it for the youth? I didn't know the exact reason they were doing Was it to get off? Because they were all, they were like no, and stuff? No, I think
0: that it was, they were inviting these young, beautiful people to like join their group. And if they didn't want to join their group and participate in the orgies, so essentially having sex with older men and women, if they objected to that, then they killed that person. Yeah. And they just kept the cycle going.
1: I mean, if I was invited to one of those things
0: You'd I'm, say yes. I'm gonna be real. You want the money. Die
1: have sex with an old person. Die oh, Have sex old? with an old person. <laughs> um I'd probably have sex with the old person instead of dying or being pretending I'm dying. Yeah. Also we don't know. Are those girls in the state that Gregory's in when they're quotation yeah, killed
0: very true that's
1: gotta suck oh and then, remember that part where, like they found that like, she like, that girl is in the refrigerator
0: mm-hmm, yeah. that was
1: wild like this 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 movie had a lot of twists and turns going on there was yeah. one awkward she scene. fell
0: out with the gun yeah i'm like wow and they're the really, cops like, they're really heavy-handed
1: there's one scene i was very like i was a little iffy on mm-hmm. i thought they could have maybe cut a little bit cleaner it's the scene where like his friend, uh, his friend coworker, whatever, mm-hmm. he's saying, "Hey, I'm in a phone booth. Meet me up." Because he has that, that whoever the voice acting he just had to had the raspiest voice possible. Um, So he's on the phone, gets off, and then he looks, and a guy pulls out a switchblade, and they hold on it. It felt very awkward <laughs> to me. It was like an awkward shot. You could easily just maybe trim like a millisecond or two yeah, off it.
0: It's Italian though. It's
1: Italian. It's Italian. <laughs> it's
0: Italian. So the director Aldo Lado actually said that the film reflects on how the political elite buries people alive when they come too close to the truth about their group. Yeah, it's like So like... his feeling, Gregory's feelings when he wasn't able to move, he had that feeling of being suffocated and buried alive. Yeah. And how the old generation lives on the blood of the young generation.
1: That's a, that's a story it's that lives on, on forever. That's a story that lived on back in the Egypt, the egyptian times to now yeah that's just the you know the old elite it's a universal tale
0: there are a lot of films that i actually like that have this theme i wanted to know what you thought about about this film like did you think that it was a good jalo a good second film for us to watch yeah. or the podcast yeah
1: it's very different um it's totally different like there's not a lot there's a high body count there's no style with this one there's some style but compared to, like, the previous film we did and a lot of other directors in the genre, it's not as stylish. It's kind of just, like...
0: I mean, I think that's, like, on the nose, though. Yeah. like it felt It's outside like, the box.
1: Yeah, it, was, it, it took... What it didn't do stylishly on the camera, on the lighting, on the score, what it didn't do that, it did a nice little
0: Interesting twist. story. Interesting twist. story. Mm-hmm. I did not
1: know where I was going on this one. I thought, oh, it's going to be oh, just another Giallo film, right? Yeah. And then you find out the dead body. And then you unravel this whole mystery about this whole secret society thing. Um, the whole thing with Gregory, what he was diving into, it kind of reminded me of this movie Brazil, mm-hmm. where the main character just gets embroiled in this whole, like, kind of plot. And they're just like, what? And there's also, like, other movies that reminds me of, like, it's going to be weird. Under the silver lake a little bit of the whole, the, the, protagonist, the, yeah. the protagonist is just, it's just trying to find a girl and you know, it's just all whole thing. But this movie's a lot more tighter than that movie. No, that
0: so. movie was not very good. Anyway,
1: we're not talking about that movie. Um, <laughs> I did
0: watch it twice and it's very long, but yeah, I had to watch it a second time to solidify my opinion. And my opinion was, I didn't care for it. Yes.
1: It's not, it's not Big Lebowski guys. Stop that. Anyway, no, no, no. back to what we were talking about. Yeah, like, I'm getting vibes of that. The Secret Society is always kind of like, when it's done right, it's good. And usually it's done right when there's, mm-hmm. like, a sex orgy. That's usually <laughs> when it's done right. Unless it's Hot Fuzz. Unless it's Hot Fuzz, then there's...
0: Hot Fuzz is great.
1: Yeah, but there's no sex orgy in there.
0: But it's, it's, not, it's, but it's old people control I think a it's a PG-13 film. Yes. <laughs> yes, it it's is. It's a good one, though. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to watching some other films by this director. Yes. I've never heard
1: of them until now.
0: Yeah, no, I hadn't either. I mean, I heard of Who Saw Her Die. Great name. And then I didn't even realize until after I had saw Who Directed This that it was the same guy. Yeah. Well, I
1: guess that's going to be a fan suggestion.
0: So with the themes of inner monologues and secret societies... There are a lot of options for us to choose this month for flavor of the month. Yes. Were you able to mull it over and think of some films that would be a good pairing with this film and a double feature or music that would go good with this film?
1: I can give you two, one for each theme.
0: Awesome. Go ahead.
1: Okay. So for Secret Society, you got to go with society. (laughs) You got to go with society, which is a movie that I never seen. I think you and me watched it like maybe a year ago, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That has a lot of old people, a lot of, but they are literal sucking the soul out of people.
0: (laughs) Watch that one after this movie because it is insane. Yes. The beginning is a little all over the place, but it ends bonkers, crazy society for secret society. Got it. For me for secret societies, while I was watching Short Night of Glass Dolls, all I could think of was Eyes Wide Shut. Ah. Which is essentially just yes. the American version of this film. So if you want a very on the nose pairing.
1: I me mean, you Aldo Lotto.
0: Watch Short Night of Glass Dolls and Eyes Wide Shut.
1: Yeah, Aldo Lotto and Stanley Kubrick combo. You get mm-hmm. guy who played Gregory Moore, can't remember his name, you said it. And Tom Gene Sorrell. And Tom Cruise.
0: Tom that fucking That is a parody. Well, and Kubrick does a lot of those shots that are very, That's... very symmetrical and pleasing to the eye, so... That, they, I mean... don't, they,
1: they don't make you have your eyes go wide shut.
0: <laughs> they wait, keep your eyes wait. wide open.
1: Oh, okay. The next one's inner monologue, right? This one's literally... This, this whole movie reminded me of this... Last week... Uh, last week, last month, I did a Tales from the Crypt episode. Well, guess What? <laughs> I'm back, bitches. I'm back, <laughs> bitches, with another Tales from the Crypt episode that reminded me from this movie. Uh, it is from season three, episode four, starring Bo Bridges. It's called Abra Cadaver. Basically, it's two brothers messing around with each other, and then this guy's like, "You know what? I'm gonna kill this, kill my brother, or whatever." Or I think wow. his co-worker I forget. And he doesn't kill his brother. He puts him in that in a paralysis that thinks he's dead. And there's a big old prank thing going on with him. There's like, he's hanging on a meat hook and stuff. Weird stuff like that. Makes me think of this movie. So, that's a great pairing between the two, I think. Abracadaver.
0: Great. Yes. I haven't seen that one. I'm not sure. I know that I have seen Tales from the Crypt. I just cannot ever I've remember how many episodes I've seen.
1: Every episode of Tales from the Crypt. Is every the, Is season. the
0: raft Tales from the Crypt?
1: That's Creepshow. Okay. Creepshow 2. It's Creepshow 2.
0: Okay. So I have seen all of Creepshow. Every Creepshow. Oh. I may not have seen many episodes of Tales from the I Crypt. i might to have to have
1: a side podcast and yeah. then we just watch Tales from the Crypt episodes.
0: That's a great idea. Or just... It's not like I don't have enough to watch already.
1: Or we just do this every <laughs> month. <laughs> every, every month I try <laughs> Every
0: month you suggest every... the Tales from the Crypt yeah, episode.
1: Every month that I'm on the show, I should find a Tales from the Crypt episode. That should be my, my shtick. Tell you a crypt episode. I love that. Yeah, I'm going to do it.
0: Yes. I've already
1: started the trend. Yes.
0: Love it. Flavor of the Month. I really went heavy with Secret Societies theme because I think I've seen a lot more films that have that. There is a British film that came out in 2011 called Kill List. It's by director Ben Wheatley. He did High Rise, Free Fire. You've seen that? Oh, awesome. that's the only one yeah. I've seen of his. Field in England. And then this film, Sightseers. Super dark comedy. But it's called Kill List. It's about a contract killer who is pressured into taking a new job. And it's a mystery. It gets, I cannot emphasize enough, dark. Yeah. I love that movie as much as you can love a movie that has this that has this vibe. A couple more that I like. Riley Stern's film Thoughts. So Riley recently came out with the movie The Art of Self-Defense, which oh. is... That karate comedy movie with Jesse Eisenberg.
1: It's fantastic. Go watch it. It's It's really good. You guys should go watch it. Support it. So The
0: Art of Self-Defense, not a good pairing with this film, but I would highly suggest watching that. Faults, it has Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it, cult secret society undertones in it, and another film that is definitely a mystery is The Invitation.
1: Oh, that's going.
0: Karen Kusama, she directed Jennifer's Body, which I love. Yeah. But this movie is a departure from that. It's called the Imitation. Invitation. It came out in 2015. If you're looking for like, a Secret Society slow burn pairing, The Invitation. They're be all great. coming to
1: me right now. All these Secret Society movies are coming mm-hmm. to me. I couldn't think of one till now. You got classics like Rosemary's Baby, Hail Satan. Mm hmm. Classic. Video drone.
0: Love Rosemary's Baby.
1: Long live the old, the new flesh, yeah. The old flesh, the new flesh. Well, in this movie, it's the, <laughs> the old, old flesh. flesh. There's a lot of old flesh Ew. in this movie.
0: Yeah, and then if you just wanted to go for something a little bit different, that was more of inner monologue. American Psycho is always a good one. That one's complete Fantastic. inner monologue. Yeah, I mean it's not a direct pairing, but I think that could work as well as the Maniac remake with Elijah Wood. Yeah, I think that would make a good pairing as well. And that kind of gives you that jollo vibes. Those jollo slasher vibes. Yeah. So it could be a fun pairing with this. Yeah, the,
1: the, the newer Maniac is very Jallo. The old one was a little more 80s mm-hmm. schlock. 80s schlock slasher stuff kind of thing.
0: Yeah, so those are mine. Those I hope that out. those yeah. are helpful to yeah. our listeners.
1: Gosh, so many. There now, are a I lot. It was watch... hard
0: to narrow down, but I didn't want anyone watching films that like weren't good.
1: Now you got to watch that Tesla Crypt episode. Yeah. Darn it. Now I'm excited for that.
0: Well, I think for the second episode, we picked a winner. Yes. I really liked it. Yes. As always, listeners can direct message me on Instagram or email me on our Instagram at Jalo Club if they have any suggestions or if they think that we didn't hit on a topic that was really obvious. There's too many
1: choices. So, yeah, definitely fan suggestions. Make it easier for, well, you, you're going to show all more than I am. It's
0: usually hard. I have to narrow down to two, and then I just basically, like, flip a coin, and, <laughs> and, and it's really hard to narrow it down to two. My list is extensive for the films I need to watch, so yes. if there's any fan suggestions, please direct message me or email me. You can follow the podcast, Twitter, and Instagram at Club. I will actually be at Fantastic Fest in Austin the week after this episode is available. And I will have Jello Club buttons, <gasps> Jello Club pins. <gasps> so if you're going to Fantastic Fest next week, I will have buttons. They look really cool. I will post a photo of them. If you want one, come see me at Fantastic Fest.
1: Did we also point out that this episode this is episode's coming out on Friday the 13th?
0: Surprise, bitches. It's coming out on Friday the 13th. Yeah, I didn't mention it yet. That was the plan, is that this episode will come out on Friday the 13th, give you something spooky to listen to. Extra
1: spooky. It's spooky season.
0: Extra spooky. It's always spooky season. Love it. Logo design, which is on our Instagram and Twitter, and also used for those buttons that I just talked about, is by Vegan Patches on Instagram, and you can also find the Etsy shop at Retirement Funds. Our theme music, the intro and the outro, is by musician Dream Division. You can find his music on Instagram at Dream Division Music and on Bandcamp at DreamDivision.Bandcamp.com. Wade, is there anything that you would like to plug while you're well, here? Where well, can they find you? I
1: got a lot of things to plug, so bear with me. Follow my personal stuff on uh, Twitter, Suede. It's Frankenstein, but Suede at the end. And Suede Guy on Instagram. But also, I'm mostly known for uh, Minkadish Podcasts and Minkadish Productions. Uh, Minkadish podcast every Tuesday, is on Podbean, Stitcher, and iTunes, or Apple Podcasts. Whatever they want to call it now. We have YouTube. YouTube.com slash Minkadish Productions says YouTube.com slash Minkadish Productions. Actually, next weekend, we are shooting a short film that will be on the YouTube at some point. We also I also have films that I directed on there. Final thing, to plug is: I am in a band, guitarist for Meteor King. We're debuting a new song. We're debuting a song for our new EP today, same day as the this Friday podcast, 13th. Friday the Thirteenth. Uh, it's called Samhain Reign, or it's correct the the spelling is Samhain Reign, but we're, the correct pronunciation is Samhain Reign. So we did that. So that song's coming out, and we announced that our release date for our new five-song EP is going to be. September 27th. It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be on iTunes. It's going to be on Pandora, even. Uh, does anyone use Pandora? I don't know. Bandcamp, meteorking.bandcamp.com is going to have all the merch if you want a physical CD. Oh, and uh, where I will be while she's at Fantastic Fest, I will be watching The Office for the 17th <laughs> time.
0: Love it. Yes. Thank you for listening to the second episode of Jallo of the Month Club. Until next time, I'm Diana.
1: And I'm Wade.